Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, it's hot in Texas. It's hot. My portable air conditioner is working overtime. And you know what? It's still hot, hot, hot. Climate change is here. It's not a one-year thing. It is a continuous thing over and over again. Anyway, how are my peeps doing today? In the house, we already have... Who again? Lee Grant, Eric Hayes, the one and only, the beautiful Yvette Avery Herod, May Wood, El Señor con la Barba. We also have our Preciosa Bridge MCP. E2247, of course, is in the house as well. And let's see who else we got on the top. We've got, para ver, AVQ. Michael Rodden is here. He said, I am watching via Twitch. And he was the first one to get here. Ding, 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 ding for El Señor Rodnan for being the first out here. Anyhow, 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 let's see what my peeps are saying. Breach has a long one, long one. Let's see what it's about. Let's see what it's about. All right, let me read it real quick. You're going to strain my eye, young lady. It goes, scared for the, for the top U.S. issue. Trump picks one of his weaknesses. He apparently has no idea how unpopular he was abroad, and how much the nation's reputation rebounded as soon as he left office. Donald Trump says that the nation global standing is one of our most important issues. Trump said, basically, respect all over the world. We don't have it anymore. We had tremendous respect three years ago. We don't have respect anymore. They don't listen to us. They don't care about us. They just don't do what we want them to do and what they have to do, especially since we make life a very we make life very good for many countries and we have to get that respect back and if we don't we've got some big problems as regular readers know it has long been foundational to the republican worldview the united states was an international laughing stock for decades trump has long argued but thanks to how awesome his awesomeness is he single-handedly restored the nation global stature None of this made any sense. After roughly 46% of American voters put Trump into the White House, the nation's international stature collapsed. Remember this Washington Post report uh, from 2020? New data from the Pew Research Center shows that many of the countries that have traditionally been the United States, uh, the United States' closest allies are now far less likely to view the country uh, with approval. In 11 countries for which there are more than five years of data, the percentage of, of people viewing the United States with approval uh, is at a recorded low in nine. The median percentage expressing favorable views of the United States across each of the countries surveyed is also at a record low with about a third of respondents funded, uh, holding a favorable view. The good news is leadership around the world had largely rebounded from the record low ratings observed during the Trump administration. Around the same, by, uh, around the same time, the Pew Research Central, uh, Center released a related report documenting dramatic improvement in the United States international stature once Biden replaced Trump in the Oval Office. A year later, Gallup released another report in the United States standing among NATO members, conclusion that U.S. leadership in the, in the Biden era was stronger across much of NATO than it had been in years. After 
uh, languishing at low levels uh, during the Trump administration. And yet there was Trump on Fox News this week insisting that we no longer have respect all over the world. You know, at this time, I didn't have it queued up to play, but it seems to me apropos to play, uh, to play what uh, Brett, Brett Baer did to Trump yesterday or a couple of days ago. Because here's the deal, people. I find it astounding that data doesn't matter to Trump. Reality doesn't matter to Trump. But what we have to do is show people that to Trump, reality means nothing. In other words, we know Trump is a charlatan. We know Trump doesn't really care about truth. We all know that already, right? But what has to happen is people have to see it in action. You know, Trump went on to uh, Fox News with, uh, with Bear and said, oh, you know, I won the election. I won the election. Let's listen to this again. I don't remember if I played this yesterday or not, but let's listen to this again and see what happens when Bear looks at him and say, Trump, you lost. You lost. Check it out. I cannot believe I'm going to be giving Fox News some kudos, but Brett Barr did a great job in interviewing Donald Trump. And even though there are times to keep Donald Trump talking, he attempted to appease him. But you know what? Altogether, he did a great job. I, I think lawsuits and that that payoff that they had to make, that judgment that they got that forced them to pay a whole almost a billion dollars to uh, Meridian. Maybe that made a, a difference in we got to be partially truthful now. Whatever the case is, Brett Bear did a good job with a delusional, a purposefully delusional Donald Trump who to this day will not accept that he lost and profoundly, constantly saying, I won this election in 2020. I won it. There was ballot stuffing and all these things that have been proven wrong. Check it out. Let's give Brett Barr his kudos here. Then we'll take it on the other side. The female independent voter in the suburbs who struggled with family financing because of inflation. She's now against Biden, disapproves of Biden, but wasn't with you in 2020. And so far is a hard no for you in 2024. But what do you say to that? The right what, what do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot. Okay, you let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that. This, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes. Or let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about the all, Hunter Biden. Well, no, but all that's cheating on things, the election. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant. Right, we're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them by your lawyers, some in front of Freddy, judges, judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged. Others states are doing the same right now and it's continuing on. It was a of every election. potential case of voter fraud 
in six battleground states, and they found fewer than 475 cases. You know why? Because they didn't look at the right things. Okay, are you going to be- They were counting ballots, not the authenticity of the ballot. The ballots were fake ballots. You had, this was a very rigged election. Are you going to go, this is how you're going to tell that independent suburban woman voter to vote for you? We're off to winning an election, and I think we're winning very well. Brett Barr looked at him and said, you lost the election. Oh my God, you can imagine what went through Donald Trump when he actually heard that. But he kept on fighting. He kept on talking nonsense. But ultimately, the, the Fox News viewers heard Brett tell them, Donald Trump, you lost the election. It wasn't some liberal media saying that. It was Fox News telling the audience, hey, Donald Trump, you lost the election and 50 of your judges or most of the judges who said you lost were judges appointed by you. And the Fox News viewers heard that. Now, of course, other sycophants are going to make believe that, uh, well, you know, they'll do whatever is necessary to fulfill their wish. That Donald Trump actually won. I mean, that's just how some people are. But it doesn't matter. Enough folks are going to hear, you know, wow, Fox News is actually saying this now. Great job, Brett. Let's hope you can keep up doing the good work if Donald Trump becomes the nominee. Absolutely. So, and you know what? Uh, 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 Senor Bruce Pollard actually pointed out something that is really true. Fox News called the election first. They got in trouble for it because once they called Arizona, the election was pretty much over. Once Arizona was called for for uh, uh, Biden, the election was just about over. E2247 is in the house. He says, 1958 intrepid crew of Quaker peace activists uh, sailed golden rule to South Pacific to get the way of massive U.S. nuclear tests there. Arrested in Honolulu, they left a lasting legacy. All right, um, you, everybody I know, you're, you have to be following that story, uh, that story with the submersible, right? And I, I have, I'm of two minds with the submersible, right? Uh, I'm, I did a TikTok today, and, and folks, if you, if you can go ahead and give me some likes on that TikTok, I think I'm going to throw it up on the screen right now, that link there on TikTok. Um, these are my thoughts on TikTok. I'm going to expand a little bit about this submersible after I play this. Tell me what you think, but it, I, like I said, I'm off two minds. Check this out. Millions of dollars and hundreds of people are searching for a billionaire who paid north of $250,000 to Ocean Gate, a private company operating an experimental submersible for profit. My humanity demands that I wish that these people are found safely. But I also wish the effort governments, we the people who invest in the rich and multimillionaire and billionaires who try their best not to pay taxes that justify searches like this. I wish we would put the same zeal to solve the pain and suffering of others. Imagine if we considered the plight of the poor. Imagine if we considered the plight of the unhoused. Imagine if we considered the plight of the hungry with the same zest, with the same compassion. We must do better. 
Check out more like this at politicsdoneright.tv or at the links in our... Anyway, uh, the reason I did that TikTok is I'm watching this humongous expenditure of resources for something that was a, a choice. Just, hey, there's a Titanic two miles down and I would love to see it. And we have another private company that says, hey, I built this vessel without all these safety conditions with no regulations. I built this vessel. I can throw people in this vessel, charge them a quarter million dollars, $250,000 to come down and see the Titanic. I'll go to see the Titanic. And you know what? When I make all the profits from Doing that, it goes into my pocket. And don't ask me to pay taxes. Billionaires, don't ask me to pay taxes. But oh my God, now we are stuck under the ocean. Who can, is the private sector going to be there to come and pull us up? Is the private sector going to be there to build cranes and pull us in and, and save our lives? Is the private sector going to be there? Yes. No. The private sector won't be there, but guess who will be there for you? We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, in order to ensure that your welfare, we will be there for you. Because as a society, we want to protect everybody. You guys don't want to pay taxes, but the amount of our dollars that are going to be used to have the airplanes, the seaplanes, all the technology that is going to be necessary to go down there and find you or maybe not find you. The amount we are going to do as we the people, as a collective, to try to save your life. But you don't want Medicare for all to save everybody else's life. You don't want child care to ensure that other people can do well. And not only that, as Bridge MCP rightfully says, you signed a waiver saying, you know what? I could die. Eric says, oh my God, Egberto is now part of the Coast Guard to rescue people. Whoa, gaslights when people are in the perilous situation. No, they put themselves in the perilous situation. They had the money to pay $250,000 to go overseas. I mean, go under, under the ocean into their different world. And as Bridge MCP rightfully points out, they all signed waivers not to hold the company, not, not to hold we the people, not, not to hold the government accountable to find them. We, they signed off the opportunity not to sue the company who put, takes them down there if they die. But we, the people of the United States, will still be there to try to save them because that's what we do. We are humans. We have a heart. We are not, it's not the, 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 the thralls of capitalism out there to do it. Lee Grant says, right, Eric, these people may be losing their lives as we speak, so it would be humane. To wait a few days. No, it will not be humane to wait a few days. It's, it's inhumane. Let me tell you, Brother Grant, it is inhumane for me not to make this point as it is occurring. You know why? Because after it occurs, nobody listens. The short, we, as I spoke with Dr. Schmuckler, 
our shallowness means that our attention span is much lacking. Our shallowness means that we have to be able to tell these stories as they occur. Our shallowness says that. Paul Fleming says the Georgia Election Board clears to poll workers. I wish Donald Trump accused of uh, falsifying the votes and now they're suing him. Very good. Uh, Paul also says the Georgia Board of Elections cleared the poll workers. These two poll workers are now oh, cleared poll. I got it before, sir. I got it before, brother, uh, brother uh, Fleming. Uh, let's see what else. Eric says that's their freaking choice. Who is signing off when they eat Big Macs and die for? Listen again, again, right? But the humanity in us go and still expends millions. I repeat millions of dollars to go find the billionaire and, and, and a company who always tries to avoid paying taxes to support us all. Let's remember that. I want those people to live. I want those people to survive. I want us to find those people alive. But at the same time, I want those people, when they're found alive, to come out of that submersible and say, I see the light. I am a billionaire. My brothers and sisters around the world who pay taxes, they saw it fit to save my life. Now I will see it fit to do my part to save the lives of people by giving them health care uh, and paying the taxes required that all can have health care. Eric says, you are okay with Big Macs, but not subs unless it's sub, uh, Subway saying, no, again, get sensible, my friend. Big Mac may affect some, it may not affect all. But that submarine down below, if something goes wrong, it means an expenditure of a lot of our resources. And that is resources not afforded to others. It's simple. Tim Danahy says, I believe Colorado charges a backcountry fee adventurers may pay if they want no-cost search and rescue. Otherwise, you pay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, like, it's like buying an insurance policy that, that, that pays what happens if something goes wrong, uh, Tim Danahy. But again, the reason I brought this up is not to be mean. It is not to be. Uh, it is not to be. Uh, it's not to be thinking in the form like, "Oh, they get what they deserve." No, 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 no. I want them saved. I want them found. But I also want them to come out of that bubble and see and say they've seen the light of what a collective means. They see the light of what uh, what all of us banding together to support anyone in need, something that they are severely, severely lacking based on our capitalist structure that gives no homage to those in need, not necessarily their own fault. E2247 says, Michael, attention span for news and events is less than two waffles. It's amazing, right? Because I got into trouble several times with my headlines when I was at a particular organization. And what I said is, my goal is to bring those eyeballs in however I need to with the expectation that the fact-based information that I give them, at least they'll read it and see it. Okay. 
All right, continuing with the program. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Brett Barr ridicules Trump. I want to show this. You know, when we talk about the delusional Trump, right? We also mean, we talk about Trump just creating things on the fly. There's one I want to do uh, from that Brett Bear interview, but I'm, I'm going to hold back on that one until I clean it up a little bit better. But I want you to hear this one here on Trump claims to be a great manager. He knows how to hire people. He knows how to hire the best. So here is what he did. As many know by now, Donald Trump appeared on Fox News uh, with Brett Barr. And, and, you know, Brett did an exceptionally well job with, with him. Yes, I'm saying that about Fox News. Yes, Brett uh, Barr did a very good job. I want you to listen to this because remember, Donald Trump said he picks the best people and he knows how to pick them because he's a manager and he knows how to do things. The billionaire knows how to do things. And you know what? We always know the guy blows smoke up. You know, you know what? But to watch Brett play him on the personnel issue. Um, actually, I don't think I've seen anybody do it as well as he did right here. Check this out and we'll take it on the other side. In 2016, you said that I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Vice President Mike Pence is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you. Called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State Rex Tillerson dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary James Mattis the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary Kayla Kennedy milquetoast. And multiple times you've referred to your Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So... Why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. Uh, something happens when people leave. They can like me very much. I have this woman named Alyssa Farah. She said the greatest things long after she left. He's the greatest president we've ever had. He was unbelievable, unbelievable. Then The View offered her a contract. But obviously, only if she changed her views and all of a sudden she can say negative things. Money gets offered to people, and some people change. But there's but I will people say on this, that list that are not taking money that decided for, that they're well, not for the most part, me. they are. You know, Barr did a book. Barr was a coward. The name people that you name, for every person you name, I can name 20 people that loved the administration. And maybe more importantly, the voters love the administration. You have former senior advisor Steve Cortez saying it's going to be tough for you to get the best and the brightest because of some of the name calling of people who left. Well, so what do you Steve say to Cortez that? Cortez is a nice person, but I didn't give him the job he wanted because I didn't think he was qualified. Then he went over to the Sanctimonious's camp. 
I didn't give him the job. So I'd probably say the same kind of thing if I wouldn't get a job, if somebody wants a job. And a lot of the people that you mentioned there, they didn't get the job. A couple of them weren't made permanent. I didn't want to make them permanent because I didn't think they were good enough. Now, during the course of that four years, I know the best people. Oh, there must be a reason people get paid to say that Trump is a terrible person, that he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, it's amazing how Brett Favre, Brett, <laughs> Brett Favre, Brett Bear enumerated every single person Donald Trump chose who now turned completely against him because of a lousy president, a lousy human being, a lousy person that he is. Unfortunately, if progressives don't get their act together, this guy could actually win again. I know a lot of people just say, oh, he can't win. I'm sorry. This guy can win again. Yes, this guy can win again. Michael Rudnan says, Egberto, the typical American's attention span for news and events is less than two weeks. Unless you're talking about evening event, uh, recurring events uh, that have become uh, commonplace to the point that they start blending together. Exactly. So um, when my brother uh, Lee Grant and Eric Hayes want me to be a bit more thoughtful in not addressing the negative from the submersible, I beg to differ. By the way, uh, Bridge MCP has this nice, beautiful meme on the screen that says, I'm afraid it's too late for separation. You're going down together, meaning the elephant's going down with the, with the orange man. Eh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But it's important. It is important. And let me tell you something that I, I, that I have to get to my brother, Eric Hayes. Eric, I say this with love. And you know, I love you, sir. But you have to unenslave your mind. When you say, when you come out with a strong statement, just, uh, just admonishing me because I talk about how some of the wealthy make their money. It is fact that the economic system that we have, it's legal because it's written in the law, but the system allows some if a select few to profit on the backs of us all, those who run the defense department, when they charge $500 for a toilet seat, when they charge $10,000 for a $300 part, it is a legal form of extortion that we all pay for. When they underpay our McDonald's workers or all these others who are then dependent on food stamps to have a living wage to survive, we are then subsidizing those companies and as such, they are taking a bigger part of their share. When they don't pay taxes commensurate with their income, they play a bigger part in the economy. They are responsible for making sure the econ a bigger part of the economy. When they, when they have bigger expenditures overseas, our military protects. That you don't see that, that you allow the wealthy uh, to snow you into believing that they are benevolent. You know, I, I, I like Bill Gates as a nice guy. 
I think he's a nice guy, but he's a creature of this system. As a billionaire, uh, he is going to decide what philanthropies he wants to support. He's the billionaire. He's the one made the money off of the backs of everybody else that paid excess money for Excel, for Word, and for all these other products who, who also uh, paid excess uh, for the workers who made all the, the products. Look, Bill Gates, was, Bill Gates was never a great coder. And by the way, I'm not saying this by just saying, oh, Bill Gates, I'm not disparaging this man at all. He's, one, he's likely the, one of the best capitalists there, are, there is out there. I'm going to tell you, we grew up in the same generation, Bill Gates and I. And I was writing software at the same time Bill Gates was writing software. And I remember being at HAL PC when B Bill Gates released the, the, the statement that said, we got to stop giving away software because we were all in this software business, giving away software. I had learned how to program in a patch panel. And when I came out with a, an interesting algorithm, I'll throw it out there into the public domain and everybody would throw their stuff into the public domain. And, and Bill Gates and many others use that knowledge, that collective lot knowledge in the public domain to develop a whole lot of software, right? And when it was time, Bill Gates then came out with a letter that went to all the computer clubs around the country that said, we need to stop giving away software because it's a resource. It's something, it's our intellect, which is true, but we wanted to do it in a more egalitarian manner when we were in all these groups, right? So it turns out that I remember when I left NASA, I, I started a company that was just writing generic software. And, uh, and I, I was going to do this shopping cart. That was one of the products I was going to make. And you know what? Jeff Bezos and all these guys followed Bill Gates to the T. They patented something that is obvious to everybody. One click. That put a big shot into the development of the cart that I was put coming out on PCs. And there are stories after stories after stories after stories of software developers. All of us, we were, it was a, it was a, a vibrant community of us software developers around the country, right? Uh, when, I, when he came out with the, the IBM thing, it's like, oh, there's MS-DOS. By the way, MS-DOS was sort of a lousy piece of software kind of patched together uh, that sort of the subsequent to, to uh, CPM, another software product. But when that came out, you know, uh, when, when IBM was looking for something for a throwaway product that they were going to have called a PC, the PC was supposed to be IBM's throwaway product. Wow. That was IBM's throwaway product. So they went to Bill Gates, uh, or, Bill, or I don't remember how Bill Gates came about finding, oh, they need an operating system to run it with a little uh, QBasic or something like that, right? VBasic, not VBasic, just classic basic. There was a company in Seattle that already had a product. Bill Gates went to them and bought the product for $50,000 and then licensed the product to IBM that for every machine that's sold by IBM, he got, to, he got a little piece of the action. That's where he made his money. So again, all of us played a part in giving Bill Gates his billion when he first started selling MS-DOS and then when he started to put Windows on top of MS. So what I'm saying, we were all instrumental in these billionaires' wealth, but then they decide, they decide how we're going to get all this stuff around. Folks, it's the system, it is legal, but it's definitely not fair. All right. 
Uh, let, let's continue. Lee Grant says Twitch is a, a, it's sourced from a transcendent. Okay, I don't know that one. Michael Rudnan says money gets offered to people and they change. Man, Trump with an accusation in the mirror. Yeah, he, you know, it's called projecting. And that's what a lot of these guys know how to do very well. Bridge MCP, it was open source. Yes, ma'am. Uh, the open, you, you, you know your stuff. You were, but yeah, you used to be a programmer, if I remember correctly. Uh, let's say what else we got here. We got from Carl Cox. Money corrupts MAGA or not? Trump is a lion. Okay, I'm not going to go completely there, my dear Cox. Uh, Michael Ryan says, corporations that pay their workers so little that they have to go to SNAP to make it, those corporations should be punished, uh, fined double what their employees take out of the government assistance. Do this, you'll watch corporations immediately pay their employees more. I agree. Uh, Eric Hay says, you have to understand your statements via political stuff. Not all uh, as easy as you say, bud. And the government, you love, waste, said the money. The government, it, there's no government. Government is we the people. It wastes only the money we want it to waste, okay? Again, the, 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 the Republicans have convinced you that government is this separate entity that, that is have a life of its own like a corporation does. You are the government. You, if your government is bad, it's because you chose to elect bad people to government. That is unlike a corporations who are, in fact, a dictatorship. Okay? It's the difference between democracy and fascism. A company, by definition, is a fascist entity. Think about it. All right. Uh, continue. Car Cox, too many Americans worship wealth money. Allow this exactly. Uh, allow the mega rich corporations to function. Okay, let's say what else we got here. What else we got here that I need to read before I go to the next subject? Uh, okay. Paul Fleming says, our servicemen and women has to rely on food stamps. So nothing is fair about society. Exactly. These are the guys that allow Bill Gates to exist. That allows Lee Bezos to exist. Because other countries fear us because of our military. And as such, many deals are made because you know what? You just don't mess with the big bad United States of America. All right. Anyway, next subject. And it goes like this. Alito is just as crooked as who again? Who is he as crooked as? Oh, what's the name? What's the name? Clarence Thomas. Alito is as crooked as uh, Clarence Thomas. How do we know? This is how we know. An extraordinary and highly unusual back and forth between investigative reporters and Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. A brand new report from ProPublica details how in 2008, Justice Alito took a luxury Alaska fishing trip with conservative hedge fund billionaire Paul Singer, which Alito declined to note in his financial disclosures. In the years since, ProPublica says Singer's hedge fund has repeatedly had business before the Supreme Court. Alito has never recused himself. Now, even before that story was published, Justice Alito responded in a Wall Street Journal op-ed saying he followed what he understood to be standard practice 
and that he was under no obligation to recuse himself in any cases connected to Singer. NBC Supreme Court reporter Lawrence Hurley is following this story for us. Also with me, criminal defense attorney and MSNBC legal analyst Danny Savalo. So, Lawrence, what else did we learn from the ProPublica reporting and how is Justice Alito responding? Yeah, so there's two key uh, claims made in the story. One is that Justice Alito should have disclosed this trip on a private jet that he took to Alaska for this fishing trip back in 2008. And then the second thing is that he should have recused from these cases involving Singer's company that were before the Supreme Court in the years after this trip. Uh, Justice Alito, in this unusual op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, rejects both those claims. He says that uh, in terms of the disclosure, under the rules that existed at the time, he wasn't required to disclose it. That's a similar point to the one that Justice Thomas made in the similar claims about him traveling on the jet owned by another billionaire, Harlan Crow. Um, and both the justices have made that same point that the rules that were just changed earlier this year to make it clear that you do have to disclose travel on a private jet. Back then, you didn't have to say that. And for the um, recusal, he says he didn't even know Singer that well. His relationship with him was very limited. His engagement with him was limited. And also that he didn't even know that uh, Singer's companies. Uh, the singer himself was associated with these cases that were before the Supreme Court. Although it, it has to be pointed out that it was widely known uh, and reported at the time that Singer's company and his name was associated with those cases. So at the very least, when you're talking about a, a flight that and under normal circumstances would cost $100,000 for a passenger, is there at least, Danny, the appearance of conflict here? A Supreme Court justice is, by definition, a professional opinion writer and a professional opinion writer on the most important opinion writing body in our country. So when this Supreme Court justice wrote an op-ed, I was ready to be persuaded. I was not persuaded. And the airfare uh, argument was one of the weaker arguments that I think Alito made. The seat would have been why. empty anyway, right? Isn't that what he said? That's the argument. Now, number one, there are the law does require disclosure of private flights. Alito's argument was essentially, well, they had already made their arrangements. And this was a seat on a private jet that would have gone empty otherwise. And I struggled to come up with an analogy, but it's almost like if I drove a Ferrari up to a cliff and gently pushed it and said, well, Justice Alito, it's either going to go over the cliff or just take the Ferrari because otherwise it's going into the crevice. It seems like that's kind of the same thing. I don't know that you can argue that a private jet flight, which everybody knows, is not just a seat on a plane. It's lobster. It's catered food. It's a I delightful ride. I do not know ride. that, but I'm going to take your word for I it. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I, I have no, no personal knowledge. But everybody knows a private jet flight is yeah. so much more than just an empty seat that would have gone uh, empty no matter what. And Alito describing it that way in his op-ed is tone deaf. The same way it's tone deaf, the way he describes this trip as a rustic fishing outing. You know what this was. This was a rich guy trip. You see these all the time, going fishing, hunting, whatever it is. I haven't been on any of them. I have friends. They know who they are. They go on these trips. I don't, but they are what they are, and he needs to be honest about that. His op-ed, I had a lot of expectations out of someone who writes persuasively at the highest level, and I was not persuaded. And I think a lot of other folks weren't persuaded either. And that is a shame. Nobody was persuaded by, look, the fact there, there's a certain behavior 
that's exhibited by too many on the right. The, I'm not saying the folks on the left don't do this because they definitely do, especially the neoliberal brand. They definitely do that. But there is a certain level of in-your-face that these guys have a tendency to do it. Alito, when ProPublica tried to get a response from him, he just decided, I'm going to write me a damn op-ed. And I'm going to refute you with an op-ed. And for a Supreme Court justice to fail, you hear what the guy says? A, a, a Supreme Court justice is a professional opinion writer. My opinion of the Constitution is that this is what it means. And if others agree with, if, if I get four others to agree with my opinion right now, then you know what? That is what it is. That will be the interpretation of the law of the land. That's what they are. That's what they do. But then to, to, to have the wealthy, the billionaires serve you who also are bringing cases in front of you. Talking about patent corruption and what Clarence Thomas and Alito has shown, especially, you know, if it wasn't corrupt, you think they would have a problem disclosing it in their report? No, they wouldn't have a problem, but they know they're corrupted. They know they are corrupted. But you know what? As long as you have sycophants that allow this behavior to continue, it'll continue. What we have to do is, is reduce this, the, the sycophancy IQ in the United States of America. And that's what we aim to do. In the case of Politics Done Right, that's why we do 10 programs every week with a whole lot of blogging with a whole lot of writing to do just that. Welcome, welcome aboard. Sanjay Lee says, nothing surprising here. Disgusting. Thomas had the same situation. Knowingly had cases in front of him. Sigh. You know, we, 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 we sigh now, but we act later. As Howard Reynolds, our, um, the, our, for, the, for our morning show, our studio engineer, our uh, control room engineer would say, we got to go out there and vote. And again, go out there and vote. Should have listened to Anita Hill, huh? Yeah, we should have listened to Anita Hill. Uh, Paul uh, Fleming says, Hunter Biden did not get off free when the prosecutor was a Trump appointee. Biden could have removed this guy, but didn't. The judge in charge was a Trump appointee. So you had two Republicans in charge and this was all they could come up with. And you know what? If his name was not Biden, he would have likely got off scotch free because he was on dope when he did a whole lot of stuff. I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not defending uh, this guy at all. This guy used his father's name to get a whole lot of stuff. No doubt about it. But it's no different than what Ivanka Trump has always done. Use her daddy's name to get something. You know, that's what some people do. That is what some people do. I'm not I am not going to be out here defending Hunter Biden. But all I'm going to say that he shouldn't be a part of this discussion because he never was a part of the administration. Anyway, what do we do about the Supreme Court, though? Well, you know, Ed Markey has a solution. Ed Markey has a solution for the Supreme Court. And here is what he intends to do. We have to get the vote. We have to give these guys the ability to do so. Check it out. He feared what the country's reaction would be to the Republican judges on the Supreme Court revoking 
a constitutional right, revoking women's right to control their own bodies. And of course, there was no need for those barricades. There was no violence. There was no uh, demonstration that needed to be controlled in some heavy law enforcement way. It was That was a decision that the Republican-controlled Supreme Court was only able to make after the most political court packing schemes we have ever seen. Republicans would not even give a confirmation hearing to President Barack Obama's last choice for the Supreme Court, saying that a year just wasn't enough time to confirm a Supreme Court justice. And then Republicans rushed through the last of the three Trump appointments to the Supreme Court in the last three months of the Trump presidency. This Republican court packing has given us partisan justices eager to toss aside decades of precedent to satisfy their deep-pocketed right-wing special interest benefactors. In the years since the Republicans hijacked the court, the American people have suffered at the hands of its illegitimate conservative supermajority. Massachusetts Democratic Senator Ed Markey has introduced legislation to expand the Supreme Court by adding four seats to create a 13-member Supreme Court, one for each of the country's courts of appeals. Joining us now is Democratic Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. Senator, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, What is your case for expanding the court? Uh, It's a pretty clear case. Um, In 2016, the Republicans allowed the seat of Justice Scalia to remain vacant for 422 days, uh, denying Barack Obama his ability to have Merrick Garland confirmed, saying that it was a sacred principle that uh, justices should not be confirmed during election years. Then in 2020, just before the election, um, with um, uh, Justice Ginsburg passing away, all of a sudden there was no principle. And within 10 days before the election of 2020, uh, they confirmed Amy Coney Barrett. So they stole two justices. They've created uh, an absolute illegitimate far right wing Supreme Court uh, that is poised to overturn rights uh, that have been enshrined in law for generations. Uh, And this is a clear and present danger to our country because this is the hand picked court of uh, the heritage uh, and other groups uh, that have sought to have this control that will go back 50, 60 and more years uh, in order to take off the books protections that Americans have taken for granted. So your legislation uh, calls for 13 Supreme Court justices, which is a numeric match with the number of circuit courts of appeals we have in the country. We have 13 of those. When you go back to 1869, when they created the nine, legislatively created the nine we have now, that matched the nine circuit courts of appeals that we had then. So you're just updating exactly what they did in 1869. 
Yeah, we update what they did in 1869, uh, and uh, and we create the 13 uh, uh, seats. Uh, but we also um, reclaim the two stolen seats uh, that McConnell in 2016 and, and Trump in 2020 stole. And then we add two more uh, so that we have appointments that Biden and uh, that uh, President Obama should have been able to make uh, created uh, so that the number goes to 13, which is the number that it should be right now. And that, that number nine has been with all of us all of our lives, obviously, since it's been there since 1869. And when a, when the number hangs around that long, I think it gets so set in people's minds that they think it's in the Constitution and can't be changed. There's something sacred about it. Um, the population of the United States uh, in 1869 was 38 million people, less than the number of people who live in the state of California now. Uh, we only had 37 states back then. The, the size of the population, the level of complexity in law, all of this has expanded so greatly while the Supreme Court has not expanded at all. Exactly. Originally, there were only six Supreme Court justices. Uh, under Abraham Lincoln, there were 10 Supreme Court justices. As you said earlier, they reduced it down to nine in 1869. So this is a decision made by the United States Congress as to what the appropriate number should be. And given uh, the threat uh, to the rights of the American people uh, from this Supreme Court, uh, it is absolutely imperative uh, that we change that number and we make it possible for us to not wait uh, a lifetime uh, in order to uh, reclaim these rights. Uh, yes, these justices are there for lifetime appointments, but it shouldn't take us a lifetime in order to correct this historic oversight. No, it should not take a lifetime to change these Supreme Court uh, justices at all. It shouldn't take a lifetime. And again, like he said, two of them were stolen Merrick Garland was stolen. And uh, after, of course, uh, uh, Bader Ginsburg died, they immediately, right before the election, went ahead and put a judge up. This needs to be mitigated for that. But also, I, I tell you what, I think it is ludicrous for nine people to hold the country in its hands. People always talk about uh, the, the three equal branches of government. I'm sorry. Nine people deciding whether a, a law is constitutional or not is not enough. I think every state, I think every state should have the, uh, a, 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 a Supreme Court justice based on its population. I think they should have Supreme Court justices based on their population. And you know what? Appointed by their governors. But I mean, that's not what this, the Constitution says. We still could, however, have 50 of them, and it's controlled by the president as it is written in the Constitution. I would not mind having 50 Supreme Court justices. It's very important. All right, let's see. Paul Fleming says, listen to how Ted Lieu smacks down the Durham report. Okay, I'm going to listen to that one. I know that has got to be good. Maybe something that's bloggable, right? Um, right, Paul Fleming? Did you send me that one to me directly, Paul? Uh, also, we have, let's say, what else we got here? Anything to put on the screen from my peeps? 
I don't see anything to put on the screen. But Paul Fleming says, I just took the latest COVID booster shot before I go on vacation to the Caribbean. Uh, do you know if your booster, uh, Fleming, has the latest strain or is it the old one from last year? I want to get a booster. I told my daughter and my wife that we'll probably do the booster in, we should probably do the booster in August because, you know, she drives uh, school buses and, you know, these kids are infected with just about anything. So do you know if that new one is out yet, Paul, or is that the one from last year? Because I've had five vaccinations already. The, the, the first one, the two boosters and the two extra boosters that they gave. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, good for you, Paul. Good luck at, is that six shots now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to go get my sixth one. That's what it is, um, um, Eric. It is six shots. Okay, let's see what else we got here. What else have we got here? What else have we got here? All right, please, folks, please remember to go ahead and support the program. Our, uh, you can support us by going to politicsunright.com slash PayPal. You can support us by, if you're on YouTube, just click that join button, become a part of our PDR posse. But here is the link for PayPal, politicsunright.com slash PayPal, politicsunright.com slash PayPal. We also need patrons. Please consider being a patron, politicsunright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Also, if you want to find an all-encompassing way to support our program, which is, as, as I say, we need these types of programs right now, uh, please simply go to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. I haven't reissued the, the fundraiser for my trip to Chicago. I'll try to uh, get the time to do that today. My plate's just been full. It, 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 it is just difficult to get everything done in one night. I, I need an assistant really, 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 really bad. Maybe when our funds increase to such a manner, I'll get somebody to work in, in their place with uh, concurrently with me. But right now, it's all on me. So I ask you to please support the program, politicsandright.com slash support. Um, let me see what else I got to talk about um, before I go. Uh, before I go. If you guys have something specific that you want me to research and talk about, please always remember that you can send me an email to info at politicsunright.com, info at politicsunright.com, and I'll be there to answer questions or whatever. I do check my emails. Sometimes it may, I, am, I may lag in answering it. I get over 5,000 pieces of mail a day, and yes, most of it is junk, but uh, filtering through the junk is very, very difficult. So uh, I, I have helpers and my scrubber, but the scrubber never scrubs enough. Anyhow, Paul Fleming says, well, I'm going to start dinner. You guys have a beautiful evening. Thank you, Paul. Uh, and let's see if Paul answered my question. I don't think he did. But anyway, Egberto, I've posted more than enough comments. It's okay to skip. Catch you tomorrow. Thank you so kindly for all the commentary everybody puts here. I try to read as many as I can get to. Bri says, Egberto, this story was updated June 16, 2023. FDA approves new COVID booster focusing only on variants. Thank you very much for passing that along, Bridge MCP. Anyway, rig stock market and commodities market. Okay, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!
We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.